This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Philly, how you doing today? You okay? You you were very very excited. You were so pumped up to boo a guy that wasn't gonna play. Where's Ben Simmons? Oh Ben Simmons, we hate Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, Simmons, Ben Simmons. What you forgot is that this was a big game. This was the Brooklyn Nets against the Philadelphia 76ers. What you forgot is that the guy you acquired, the guy you're making love to, the guy you are just praying to the altar of, is a loser. That's what you forgot. I forgot it. I know what it's like. I forgot James Harden was a loser. I believe James Harden was Jason Kidd on steroids. I believe James Harden was the final piece. I believed that in a big spot, it would be different this time because he didn't have to be the number one guy. I believed it. I was wrong. They traded him to your team. You guys jerked off for the last two weeks talking about we're the Sixers. We're unbeatable. Nobody can stop us. Him and Embiid and Embiid and Harden. Well, what happened the first time James Harden had to play a big game in Philadelphia? Because I'm sorry, going to the Garden and playing the Knicks is not a big game. Playing the Minnesota Timberwolves is not a big game. TNT, Ben Simmons' return, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the other side, James Harden with a chance to face his former team, and he sucked. He was abysmal. He hit that one step back three early, and he was three for 17. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was 0 for 10 from the field outside of the three-point shots he took. He was bitch-slapped in the paint. How many shots did James Harden get blocked tonight? I got my boss, Spike Eskin. Oh, my God. You talk about a guy that bought into this crap. Is James Harden on the take tonight? Spike, I tweeted that a month and a half ago. But it took me a year to get to that point. Took me a while to get to that point. It took these losers in Philadelphia how many games before they whipped out their first is James Harden on the take tweets? <laughs> uh, listen, I acknowledge that the first part of this podcast is going to be irrational and it's just going to be a fan having fun. Sue me. I'm a fan. I had fun. We kicked the 76ers ass in their own building and I forgot the key to the trade 
the guy that you guys can't stand, the guys that the guy that you couldn't wait to boo, he hasn't even played for this team. Now, I don't know what he's going to do when he does play for this team, assuming he plays anytime soon. I remember what happened in the postseason last year against Atlanta. We all do. But he's got a very different role with this team, as you may have seen. His role with this team is slightly different. You guys were mostly fully healthy. I know Danny Green's got a little finger issue. You're mostly healthy, and you got your asses kicked by a 500 basketball team. What happened? I thought this this was unstoppable. Oh, my God. This is, they're going to take the league by storm. Look, I'll be kind now. I'm just going to speak real to you guys. James Harden is a loser. Now, it took me a while to realize that, and I apologize. But the way he quit on the Brooklyn Nets after the way he quit on the Houston Rockets shows you what he is. Now, I'll always appreciate James Harden playing injured in game number six and game number seven and game number five of the Eastern Conference semifinals a year ago. I do appreciate that. What benefited him is that him playing like absolute garbage in those three games can be hit by the fact that he wasn't healthy. And he wasn't healthy. And I admit that. But James Harden has come up small in every big game. Not every big game. In a lot of big games he's played throughout his NBA career. And one thing I said earlier this season when James Harden was still on our team was, wow, it seems like he comes up small in every big regular season game. I didn't wait till he got traded to Philadelphia to say that. I said that as a member of the Brooklyn Nets, the game against Chicago in Brooklyn, the game against Phoenix in Brooklyn, the game against the Warriors. He becomes a turnover machine. He misses a ton of shots. And he is what you saw tonight in Philadelphia. Now, now that I got that out of the way, I got the douchey Evan out of the way, the arrogant Evan out of the way. I apologize. I'm a fan. I let it all out. Now let's get to reality. Tonight was great. What is frustrating about tonight is that until further notice, until something changes, what we saw tonight is not something we get to see often. What I have noticed about Kyrie Irving, and it proves he's human, is that it's difficult to play a game, not play for a week, and then play again. What I think has benefited Kyrie is that the Nets are on a road trip. So he's been able to play on a rather consistent basis. That's helped him. He was not very good in the game against the Boston Celtics on Sunday. He was a big reason why they lost. Obviously, the inability to stop Jason Tatum would be number one, but it was not a great effort from Kyrie. We saw how brilliant he was in Charlotte against the Hornets on a night where Kevin Durant had an off night. And obviously, everybody was great tonight. So it's really tough to, to kind of point out one guy. But Irving was, again, efficient. He made his shots. He was in control. Durant was awesome. Seth Curry was outstanding. James Johnson played well. But I think what hurts Kyrie Irving is that he doesn't play consistently. And the one area I'll remain negative because I don't see why or how it's going to change is this mandate. And I do stand by, unfortunately, what I have said all year. I don't know how this team gets through a deep postseason run against much better Eastern Conference opponents if Kyrie Irving is only available half the time. If this game is played in Brooklyn, it's a different game. Now, I understand Ben Simmons may come back. He is incredibly different than Kyrie. Will he make the Nets a better home team? Obviously, yeah. 
But the thing that I hold back from, from the pure, unadulterated excitement, even though you heard a lot of excitement early on, is the idea that this seems fleeting. That until something changes, until this mayor comes out and changes the private business mandate, and I'm not going to spend time bitching about how the mandate makes no sense and how it's ridiculous that Kyrie Irving can be at the game on Sunday but can't play in the game on Sunday. We all know it's crazy. We all know it's ridiculous. There's no point of wasting time on it. But until that changes, moments like tonight feel fleeting. They feel like, yeah, they can happen once in a while, but how can this team win on a consistent basis against even this team, Philadelphia, against Chicago, against Miami, against Milwaukee, if Kyrie Irving isn't going to be available half the time? And they laid it out well tonight on TNT in that the way things are lining up for the Nets, if they play the Toronto Raptors, and it doesn't even matter where, Kyrie Irving's not playing that game in the 7-8 play-in game. And if the Nets lose that game, okay, fine. You've got the insurance of the the second play-in game. That game's in Brooklyn. He wouldn't play that game either. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting the Nets should be losing any games. The goal is to somehow get out of this play-in tournament, which is unlikely but possible. Look, they're six games behind Cleveland in the loss column. They have to find a way to make up that ground. They could have the tiebreaker against Cleveland. They do play the Cavaliers again, the second-to-last game of the season. They're not only going to have to go out and just basically win every single game, they're obviously going to need some help. And I focus more on Cleveland than I do Boston and Chicago, even though I guess you could look at the standings and I those teams as well. But the truth is, even with the Nets going on a monster run, which is tough to expect with Kyrie not playing in a bunch of these games, they're going to need help to get out of this play-in tournament. So let's face facts. They're probably going to be in the play-in tournament. And I have to admit, <laughs> looking at the way the bracket is falling, and things can change because Milwaukee's the two seed, but they're only a game up on Philly, who's the three seed, who's only a half game up on Chicago, who's the four seed, who's only a half game up on Boston, who's the five seed. So obviously everything is very, very fluid. Being the seven seed, being the eight seed, may not offer much of a difference. In fact, you could make an argument based on matchups that right now they're better off being the eight seed. <coughs> but the problem is beggars can't be choosers. Right now, what we need to see from this basketball team is not only wins, obviously, because they're 34 and 33, but we need to see this team play together. Tonight was beautiful. Look, you add Ben Simmons, this is the Brooklyn Nets in the postseason. You know, on road games, obviously. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge being out, sure, he'll be a factor. I think if LMA is active, we see a little bit less of the Nets going small and a little bit less of Nicholas Claxton. Though, I thought Claxton did a hell of a job. I thought Nicholas Claxton did a great job when Andre Drummond got hurt and got into foul trouble early. I thought Nicholas Claxton did stupendous, or really as stupendous as you can do against a tough guy like Joel Embiid, who's a pain in the ass to deal with. How about Goran Dragic taking a charge from that Mack truck? It was just beautiful. Bruce Brown playing at an all-star level over the last few weeks is beautiful. But this team needs to play together. That's the key. They got to play. And that's why the, the rush on Ben Simmons is not the desperation. It's he's got to play with his teammates. So, look, here's the bottom line. They play the New York Knicks on Sunday. 
Uh, the Knicks have played a lot better. They deserve our respect for the way they've played recently. I feel bad for Cam Reddish, who's out for the year, but R.J. Barrett's playing on a high level. Julius Randle's played a lot better. You're without Kyrie Irving. That's not easy. You go to Orlando. Okay, great. Kyrie's eligible. You should win that game. And then you've got a homestand that's tough. Dallas, Portland, Utah without Kyrie Irving. And look, if you're telling me something's going to change before Sunday or something's going to change before next week, I view everything completely differently, as we all would. Kyrie Irving, say what you want about the guy, is electric. He is silk. He is smooth. The efficiency we saw against the Hornets the other night, the ability at any moment to drop 50 on your ass, Kyrie Irving being eligible for every single game, is words can't describe how important it is. And let me get to our leader, to our hero, to our savior, Kevin Durant. People don't get this unless they're net fans, and that's, that's fine. They don't have to get it. Not only is Kevin Durant awesome, which is obvious, not only is Kevin Durant the heart and soul of this team, not only is Kevin Durant ready to get in your face at any moment, Kevin Durant, after games, talks to us in a language that no other player in the history of this franchise has ever done. Not Jason Kidd, not Brooke Lopez, not Vince Carter, not anybody, not Kenny Anderson, Kenny came close. Not Derek Coleman. You know what he does? He sits there in post-game interviews and takes shots at everybody but us. And he says there were net fans in Philadelphia. And there were. You could hear it on TV. And he goes on Twitter and says, the bark, I'm sorry, Madison Square Garden sounded great tonight. Like, he does things that no other star in this team's history has ever done. He actually makes us feel good about ourselves. He actually takes shots almost like he's pissed at the world for doubting us. He didn't have to on that broadcast say, boy, we shut those Philly fans up. And boy, there were a lot of net fans in that building tonight. That matters. So he's not only awesome. That goes without saying. He's not only our best player. That goes without saying. He's not only incredible to watch. He speaks for us. He takes shots at the New York Knicks for us. He takes shots at Philadelphia for us. He is our everything. Now deliver us the goods. Now deliver us to the promised land. And now teach Ben Simmons what it's like to walk into enemy territory and spit in their face and what it's like to go toe-to-toe with Joel Embiid and not back off for a second. Kevin Durant is our fearless leader. We need to keep him healthy and we need to cherish every single time this God walks on the floor. So Philadelphia, maybe we will see you down the road. Or maybe we won't because you're not good enough. I don't know. We'll see. No, you guys are good. You'll be fine. Just remember what I told you the day you acquired him. He is a loser. (laughs) And tonight in Philadelphia, (laughs) he gave you the first taste of it, didn't he? Thanks for listening to the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast.